Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. This is verse is what we ended up last episode, but it's about to allow us to enter in the state of mind of bearing witness. Who or what bears witness for you? Welcome to It Was Found in My Heart. My name is Gary. And I'm Veronica. And we are here to represent our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, ultimately to point people to him. And we don't know it all, but we know the one who does. And so our our goal is to get people to read the word for yourself, seek God for yourself, pray and say, Lord, open up my eyes and increase my knowledge of who you are so that you can be acquainted with the God that created all things and loves you beyond anything that you can ever imagine. You are known, you are loved, and you are valued. And if you don't get anything from what we have to say, please walk away from that truth. That's how God sees you and knows you and loves you and values you. Do you have anything to add? I would just say, to really get to know the Holy Spirit of God Mm -hmm. because He is the Spirit of truth. Everything that you hear or that you learn, you want to compare that with the Word of God. The um, Holy Spirit, He will not lead you astray because He is God's Holy Spirit of truth. Amen. So what we want to do is get right into the thick of things. And when Jesus makes this statement that I am the light of the world, raises some eyebrows among the Pharisees and Sadducees. And in verse 13, it says, the Pharisees therefore said to him, you bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. So why would they say that? Well, I think because based on the law, In Deuteronomy 19 and 15, one witness shall not rise against a man concerning any iniquity or any sin that he commits. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, the matter shall be established. So based on this law, the Pharisees were saying to him, you can't bear witness of yourself. It's just you. It has to be in the mouth of two or three witnesses. And I have in here is that you are the light of the world. And it's almost similar to what Jesus is saying. Now, if Jesus says he's the light of the world, where is he getting this information from? And is it true? Then Jesus tells us in Matthew 5, 14, that we are the light of the world. And so a city that's set on the hill cannot be hid. So If Jesus tells us we're the light of the world and we go out and tell people, I'm the light of the world, would they respond the same way that the Pharisees and Sadducees would respond? Probably. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Basically, who do you think you are? So according to who tells us who we are, 
we need to declare it and thereby bearing witness of that truth. Because if Jesus says it and he's the way, the truth and the light, then we can bank on the fact that by me voicing that I'm bearing witness to what Jesus said that I am. And he's bearing witness that that's true because that's what he says. Mm -hmm. Jesus answered and said to them, even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. I know where I came from and where I am going, but you do not know where I come from and where I am going. So my witness is true. And if it's not true, I know where I come from. He says, uh, my witness is true. Okay. Even if I might, if, even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true for I know where I come from and where I'm going, but you do not know where I come from and where I'm going. And when I read that, it just reminded me of what was going on in that born again believer thing. Jesus says in chapter three, he says, we know where we come from and where we go, but the world don't know. We have people that know us in the, in the, in the flesh, in the physical, but after our conversion in Christ Jesus, we are new creations. Old things have passed away. Behold, our destiny is different. All right. Where we're heading at is different. They see us from the, from the flesh level, but God has ordained us to walk in something totally different. Right? Yeah. That stood out to me too. He knows where he came from and where he is going. He knows he came from truth. Because God is true and he knows where he's going. He's going back. He came from the father and he's going back to the father. Therefore, he can he can bear witness of himself because he came from truth. In the spirit, we can actually say, I know where I come from and I know where I'm going. Because through Christ Jesus, after the conversion, we know that where we're heading after all this is done. Right. Exactly. It go, kind of goes along with John 3, 8, when Jesus says, the wind blows where it lists, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but can't tell where it comes from and where it's going. And so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. You yeah. Know, that yeah. just kind of confirms that. Amen. Um, verse 15, you judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. And yet, if I do judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. As verse 15 and 16. And so 15 says, you judge according to the flesh, I judge no one. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that, that statement? Well, the Pharisees, they're looking from the natural sense. We judge based on what we see with our eyes. We know in part. So we can only judge in part. But Jesus knows fully, so he can judge righteously. If he does judge, his judgment is right, it's correct, it's righteous. But when we do it, we're judging according to our flesh, according to our standard. But Jesus judges from the Father's standard. Amen. We can see in some ways... When people read and they and Jesus says one thing, mm -hmm. it's almost like he's contradicting something he right. said previously or later. Mm -hmm. And people are like saying, see, there's a contradiction yeah. in it. But we have to remember that when Jesus comes on the scene, he's the son of God, son of man. And so when he says something, you have to really find out, is he talking about from a flesh level or is he talking about it from the spirit level? You know, and both 
are going to be powerful statements that he makes, are we going to be examining it from from a, a carnal or a worldly perspective of, see, that's wrong, that's wrong. So quick, we can go and say it's wrong and discount it almost as if we want to make we want to make it wrong so that we don't have to follow truth. But Jesus knows exactly what he's saying. He knows why he's saying it. And there is going to be one side of born again where Nicodemus says, how can I enter back in the womb? No, that's not what Jesus was saying. He was looking at it from a spiritual perspective. So when we read, we need to look at it from that perspective. Jesus is speaking from a natural perspective and he's speaking from a spiritual perspective. And we need the, again, we need the Holy Spirit to teach us what is truth. He cannot lie. He's going to tell us what is truth. If we are truly seeking for truth, the Holy Spirit in us, if we have him in us, the Holy Spirit in us will lead us and guide us into all truth. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. Go along with what you opened up with Deuteronomy 19.15, right? Um, I am one who bears witness of myself and the father who sent me bears witness of me. He, whoever bears witness of you is important. Okay. My wife would say, oh, that's my husband and he's this, 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 this. But bearing witness of ourselves isn't confirmed. It doesn't necessarily confirm that it's altogether true. Your perception of me is based on what your exposure has been of me. But that doesn't mean that your perspective is altogether true. It's just true based on what you have, you know of me. It's almost like the mentality of, okay, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. But just because somebody's verifying who I am in the flesh, a man or whatever, doesn't mean that it's altogether true because there's things that, that might be corrupt about them or we are in agreement of a, of a thought pattern that we say is correct. We, we see that in slavery. We see that in economics. We see that in science. We see just because two people come together and say, yeah, that's right. Doesn't necessarily mean that it is right. Jesus is getting us to a place of bearing witness in this, like who or what is bearing witness of you and does, do they agree? And the final thing is the, the deciding factor, the deciding standard is the word of God, God's truth. That is the deciding factor. If what we say bears witness of us, there's going to be other things involved with making that true or not. Yeah. And we actually can see that in John, the fifth chapter. 31, right? Yeah. 531, okay. 531. Well, 531 says, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another who bears witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. You have sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. Yet I do not receive testimony from man, but I say these things that you may be saved. He was the burning and shining lamp, and you were willing for a time to rejoice in his light. But I have a greater witness than John's, for the works which the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I do, bear witness of me, that the Father has sent me, and the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. 
You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form, but you do not have his word abiding in you, because whom he sent, him you did not believe. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. So these verses give several witnesses, the works of Jesus, John, the Word, and the Father. Those all bear witness of him. So it's not just taking one person's word for something. It's taken into account all of those are in agreement with what he said. And I have another verse in Mark chapter 9, verse 7. This is then a cloud formed overshadowing them, and a voice came out of the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him and obey him. So God the Father spoke and said he's pleased with his son. He bear witness with his son that he sent him. Amen. Amen. It's, it's, it comes down, it's almost like a filter of how do you know and the conclusion you come to of bearing witness. First, self. I can bear witness of myself and says, oh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm the best thing since sliced bread. I'm, I'm good. You know, everybody loves me and blah, blah, blah. But that can be distorted because I'm a man, right? And man is flawed. So sometimes our vision and perspective of ourselves is the same flawed, right? And I have a buddy, right? He comes in, he says, oh, yeah, that's my cousin. I know him, man. We grew up together and everything like that. But his perspective is also cloudy. So you got these two people, you would think that they are touching and agreeing and they're, everything's good. But like we talked about earlier, that may not be the case. Now we have it to another level where we talk about our works. Let's say if I'm, I'm saying that I'm good, I, I take care of things, not, but my works do not bear witness of that, mm -hmm. then there's an issue that uh, oh, something's not sync. Then the word comes in there and we have the word, the scriptures saying, this is how it should be. But that's not lining up with everything that I said or everything my cousin said or everything, the, the works that I'm doing to say it's not lining up. And then the ultimate is, 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 is God. What is God saying about and it's interesting when Jesus was telling his disciples, he says, who do men say that I am? That kind of refers to they had some misconceptions of who Jesus was. Right. And now he says, but who does who do you say I am? Because you're close, you're personal. And this man is saying, thinking that this is a word from his heart. They're saying, oh, yeah, we walked with you. We talked with you. We know who you are. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus quickly responds and says, Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but that definition, that truth came from heaven. So we're at this point. I want God, the word, the works, my life to reflect all those things together and be in sync so my witness can be true. And if you're walking according to his will, he will reveal to others what is true. In you, he will, he may go and say to someone or confirm to someone else that what you said was true. Yeah, because I've, I've watched him 
And he said, dot, 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 dot. And that is what he does. Right. Exactly. You know? So you have people who are watching your lives to see whether or not what you're saying is true. And the Holy Spirit, I believe the Holy Spirit will show to them, even if they're not Christians, the Holy Spirit will let them see that what you're saying is true. Because the same thing happened with Jesus. It is so imperative as believers to represent Christ well, because people, like you said, are looking at how we handle ourselves. And it was just like in, in Acts, when the, the religious leaders were looking at Peter and, and, and John and saying, these people, these men have been with Jesus because they're unlearned. <laughs> they're unlearned men. They they're just don't acknowledge that the things they're saying and things they're doing cannot be of man. They have spent time with Jesus. And as believers, we must represent Christ in such a way that people will look and know that Jesus is our center core and everything he represents, we represent. Amen. And I just want to go back to what I said about the Holy Spirit revealing truth to even those who might not be believers. I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit is in them because it says the world cannot receive him. They have to be in Christ. But God is so, he's so large, he's not boxed in. He can cause unbelievers to see what he wants them to see. If he is in you and he's doing a work in you, then the, the world can see that because he tells us to do our good works that it may shine uh, to men, that men may see our good works and glorify him. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So verse 19 says, then they said to him, where's your father? Jesus answered, you know, neither me nor my father. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. And, and I really like this because they saw him and knew him from a physical aspect. They knew Joseph, it says in um, John six forty two, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? So they knew, them, knew him in the natural, but they did not know where he came from in the spirit. We as believers come across people that say, oh, I know you back in the day, we did this, 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 but you knew me in the flesh like that, but in the spirit, let's represent Christ well, as I said earlier, let us be known. You know, they may say, I know you, but you neither know me or know my father, because now we have a new father. You know, we are new creations and we have a new father guiding and directing our steps. Yeah, the example I got for that, although it's a, a natural example, it still kind of shows me in the spirit. It's like people who see your father, you may look like your father. You may have his mannerisms, you walk like him, you talk like him. And people, and I've heard people say, you see him, you see his father, because they look and act just like and with Jesus, he says, if you knew me, you'd know my father. 
because we look, we act just alike. We say the same things. So if you knew me, then you knew my father. If you see me, you see my father. Amen. So we need to get into that that frame of mind of how we carry ourselves uh, among our brothers and sisters in Christ, as well as to the world, because, you know, the world is looking for hope. And are we going to be people that produce hope or instigate hope? Or are we going to be people to make people want to run away from the true hope that we have in Christ Jesus. Or deny that. Or deny that. That there is no hope. Yeah. Amen. So in 20, it says, these words Jesus spoke in, in the treasury as he taught in the temple and no one laid hands on him for his hour had not yet come. Mm-hmm. We've seen that often of the time has not come. Right. His time has not come. His hour has not come. You have something to say before I close with that? I, you know, I just started thinking of people in a natural that we can relate to. And the person that that came to me was Dr. Martin Luther King. He, of course, was a civil rights leader, and he had a lot to say about injustice, inequality, you know, human, humankind, um, not just for blacks, but for all men. And he got to speak a lot of things. And during that time, although he was put in prison and things like that, his time still had not come. His time came April 4th, 1968, when he was assassinated. His time had come. But before then, he gave many speeches. He talked. He marched. He did all these things because his time had not come. But on April 4th, 1968, his time came. Amen. Amen. Sweet. You know, so for those that are walking in Christ Jesus, live your life. And we can see that from two perspectives of has the time come for you to get out your shell and serve God relentlessly for the glory of the kingdom and power of God? Has your time come? Have you been struggling with that time manifesting yourself in your life? And then there's that point of live until the time comes when God calls you home and you hear those beautiful, sweet words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. And then for those that do not know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, and you're hopeless and you're discouraged and you feel like nobody cares, nobody sees you, that you're invisible, that you don't matter, that you don't have anything to offer. That is not God. That is that is the lies of the enemy. Don't let that bear witness of you. Let the words that God speaks over you, that he desires to be reconciled back to you, not imputing your sins, not writing down and taking inventory of your sins, but he loves you unconditionally. And all he cries out for you is to receive the gift he gave through Christ Jesus on the cross. So has your time come? Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and receive a rejuvenated hope within your being. Receive that peace that passes all understanding. Let him comfort your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Is your time come? Take advantage of it. Take your advantage of it. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, amen. 
Be blessed in Christ's name. Amen.